All right, everybody, listen up. If you're not 18 or over, this podcast is not for you. So just turn around and walk away. You got that? Hello, and welcome to another MasterCast. Uh, if you can't tell, I have a bit of a cold right now. Um, in fact, it's been, it's been just like dragging me down for the past week, So, uh, but I'm on the other side of it now, so it's, uh, it's getting a lot better. It's actually reminded me of something a friend of mine said uh, a couple weeks ago when I was he and I were having drinks. He said, uh, trust me, you really need to slow down. So uh, I've made it my goal in 2012 to relax a little bit more. Uh, I'm, uh, also, I, I've got to thank everybody who's been sending uh, all the kind messages about the podcast uh, via FetLife, uh, username Massacast. Also, people who've been emailing and, and tweeting and, and just showing the support and, and being all around kind people. On, on top of that, uh, in the past couple months, someone donated 50 whole dollars and another person donated $10 to the podcast, and uh, I really am humbled by it, and uh, I promise to put it to good use. This episode, uh, talking to a friend, uh, Mistress Veronica, who uh, was actually a friend of a friend, she and I, you know, our paths have had crossed over the course of, you know, the past few years here in New York, but we, didn't, we haven't really been able to sit down and really talk, and this, uh, this was a nice uh, aspect of the podcast, is uh, she and I got to... Sit down, uh, and Saad, uh, as you hear, uh, is in there as well. Uh, here it is, our conversation with Mistress Veronica. I, I, I actually had a few people uh, email, because I, I had said, who should I interview? I asked, I asked the, the internet, <clears throat> who should I interview? Some of the people that maybe I'm completely, you know, not ignoring, but forgetting, or maybe I'm not surrounded by these people. Yeah. Um... They don't pop up in the periphery for some reason, or maybe I'm just too busy to follow, whatever. Yeah. Um, and your name came up several times. Yeah, I'm very popular. And uh, and I and I knew that. Who was it? Someone said, "Oh, she hangs out with um, Alex, Mistress Alex, quite a bit, right?" Yeah. And so I sent Alex a tweet, and I said, "Hey, do you know this person? Because you know sometimes people will say, hey, you should interview this person,' and it turns out that person is a complete wacko nut job. Oh my and so god! Almost I can as a imagine. reference, I said, "Do you do you know this person?" She said, "Oh yeah, she'd be great." Um, let me just read <clears throat> the exact tweet. She said here. Oh, I didn't even know that she. That she. There, the Twitterverse was involved in that. Well, no. She said she that you sent her a message. She didn't see him. Right, right, wait, wait, uh, sure, whatever. Not that that should make a difference. Uh, Why would that make a difference? Here's what she says. She's, quote, she's a good friend of mine. She'd be great. I know, I am great. Wait, I'm not done. But don't mention Vietnam, <laughs> or she might have a flashback. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, that's she, funny I, that I didn't know that she really even knew. Well, yeah, I guess maybe, like, she didn't when know. we got she, drunk one night, I, I am, like, a Vietnam history... She didn't enthusiast. actually mention Vietnam. I like. You really, you're you're an enthusiast. I've I've read a whole lot of biographies about it, and I've read Carnow, uh, Stanley Carnow's book about it, like his big Pulitzer Prize winning thing. See, I'm a big. Uh, I'm I'm a, a bit li- earlier. I'm a World, big World War Two. Yes. Yes, that's the more common one to be interested in. I'm starting to get interested in that a lot now. I think it's because too. I think it's because World War Two <clears throat> was the last war where it was actually a good thing we did it. Yeah. You know. Well, when we're I done recording, remind to... me to tell you tell you about. Oh, you. so we are recording. Yeah, we are recording. <laughs> but remind me to tell you. That was that was uh, smooth. It was. <laughs> so everybody who uh, I've mentioned, everybody who suggested that you be on the podcast, uh, you realize you have you you can't fail them now. You you cannot screw this I up. I know. I'm, or I'm be feeling liars. really like nervous. I'm really anxious right. about it. Um, no, I'm not. But one, no, one, yes, I am. one thing we do, you know, sort of it's a sort of a nice introductory thing, is to. Find out how you first found how out. How I kinky. got into it. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know you very well. I mean, our paths have crossed a few different times, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I always yeah. find out that's a really good kind of jumping off point. Yeah. To, but so you said you don't remember. But I didn't remember it until recently what, um, when I was in high school, what if I had a, my first lesbian experience with uh, one of my friends. Um, she 
we were watching like some awful movie like Call of Cthulhu or something and she I've, suddenly like her top was off and she was on top of me and she was getting on a strap on and like this is in high know. school this was in high school yeah at the very end of high school the very end like but I was 16 or 17 to have a she strap had a strap on, on. she had a strap she on she's a few years older than me and she was married I don't know in an open marriage okay yeah and so she would have been 19? She was 19. Yeah, yeah. And she had an agreement with her husband that um, she can fuck any woman that she wanted to and he could fuck any man. Of course, he agreed to it, but I don't think that he really wanted to fuck guys. Right. But he was like, okay, this is kind of kinky. He just was like, like, all right, cool. this is like... Yeah. <laughs> so so the, I like, I was that this experiment, just, It just I kind guess. of happened? One... It, yeah, it just ha- like... You know what? I don't even remember how... And I don't know why I it was, lost it was that memory though. or whatever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I was more turned on than I had ever been. Like, I was, like, humping her leg and stuff. Like, This is before you know, the whole thing started? Before the strap-on uh, came Before the strap-on came okay, out. Okay, so you yeah. made it sound like you guys were just watching a movie. Doop-de-doo. And then all no, of a sudden, strap-on. No, no, we were. No, no. You were, <laughs> you were making no, out. It was like we weren't. The- she was... She had her top off. She was, you know kind of attacked me or whatever and then i saw her boobs and you know then the strap-on came out I, approximately 26 minutes afterward I right don't okay. have a, so uh, it, but the I way you told the story moment. it sounded a very like a very condensed oh yeah okay it, it sounded way off kilter okay well i guess it's more it's much more interesting i guess people want to know more I'm, not, I'm, not ask, I'm, what, I'm not asking for like okay Dear you want to play by play no i wasn't asking that <laughs> but is that the first time that you kind of yeah, that's the first time I ever saw a strap-on and all this stuff. And um, I don't know why strap-ons kept popping up in my life so much around that age. Because then my sister would take me to this um, pagan like outdoor gathering thing in Massachusetts. And I met uh, Annie Sprinkle and Kim Ayers. And she held a workshop about it was it was called something to the effect of bend over boyfriend even though it wasn't that exact thing because I know that's a porno, um, and I learned about it. I, I don't know. I just kept stumbling onto it, and but I don't it know. was at a pagan ritual. It was at a pagan festival, right. like a week long festival, and they would have workshops, and a lot of it was about dark eros. Good lord. <laughs> I know. I was 17. What do you want from no, me? No, no. I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> did you grow up? It still up? happens. No, I know it's, I'm sure it's it still It still goes happens. on. No, I'm sure it does. But I'm just saying, this sounds like the, the most. <laughs> What's the word I'm thinking for? We... Hippie, dippy, No, bullshit. not dippy. Hippie. Hippie. Not dippy. Not bullshit. But this is the exact opposite of how I grew up. This is the exact opposite. I was surrounded by strict Lutherans and stuff. Pagan, anything pagan was, are you kidding me? So it was banned. If it was pagan, it was basically, you know, it must have been a crazy rock album or something like that. (laughs) So you grew up in sort of a hippie atmosphere? No, like my parents are really staunch Catholic, like very staid kind of like traditional. How did you get to a a sister? Okay, well, um, I grew up in Florida for part of high school. So my sister, I would go to my sister's house and she lived in Massachusetts. She lived in Boston. And uh, so I'd go up and visit her and she's like, hey, we're going to go to this festival. I paid for you to go. And (laughs) I was like, okay. And little did I, and and then next thing I know, I'm like spilling liquid latex all over people. Like, I don't know. But it was, I mean, it was a fantastic experience. Right. Something that was so positive and so good for me, like growing up in a very like traditional This is slightly off slightly off topic, but question. There are guys I know who say they're polyamorous just because they're actually fuck like the fuck around and they're not really poly. Are pagans just people who want to fuck around but they just say pagan so it sounds a little deeper? Or I don't know. I think that's it for, like, some people. I'm not a pagan. I just was exposed to a lot of it, I guess. Right. I don't know what I am. But um, um, most of them... I was impressed that a lot of people seemed, like, very serious and very spiritual. And then other people just wanted to fuck around. I mean, that's what's so nice about that festival is that there's, like, a, a those two types of people mix rather well with each other. Like, the more 
like party people and the more serious, like devoted. And this is called the people. Democratic Convention of <laughs> Massachusetts. No, what is, yes. the, what is this? I'm writing this down. What is the festival? <laughs> it's called Rites of Spring. Whoa. The Rites of Spring. I know. I know. Oh, God. Um, it's very, and it's like kind of medieval, like. Celebrating like Harry Earth Potter. Mother type of yes, thing. yes. Yeah. And that's, hey. No, I'm, man. All, I'm all, that's, I'm fine with that. Nothing think, wrong with that. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything. Like, I think that's awesome. Listen, it's no crazier than drinking blood and eating the body of some dead guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's any, I mean, it sort of like makes sense on a like a normal or like earthy level that you would pay homage to the moon or the sun. Or, sure. Why am I talking about this bullshit? No, no, I, I'm totally. <laughs> listen, I I I consider myself an atheist, but at the same time, if I was gonna worship something, I'd be like George yeah. Carlin. George Carlin was a sun worshiper. Why? First of all, he can see the sun. You know, <laughs> and you know, but so yeah, I can totally buy into that. I think there's something very. And I've, I'm, I like, I love nature. I'm a huge nature dude, right? Me too. I'm a nature gal. Be, right? So, yeah. basically, this is just like nature with a lot of sex stuff. How much of it is sex stuff? And how much of it is, here's how you uh, make your own jam? <laughs> um, I, and not a whole lot of it is sex stuff. I actually sought out the sex stuff. I, I think maybe 120th of really? it. The rest of it's like, you know... Spiritual compost. yoga posing. Yoga yeah. posing, compost. Composting your right. yoga sure. move. I don't know. <laughs> this is, and look, you can throw your used strap on. <laughs> My strap on harness is made of hemp. And it's like, all right. So, no, that works. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, okay. So, you were, you were just sort of exposed to the, the stuff at the Rites of Spring. <laughs> finding your don't dark. Don't say it like that. What? Why do you have to say it like that? Nice. Yeah. Um. Okay, so so you you're surrounded by these things and you're you're experimenting at. I'm gonna try not to say it in any way. The rites of spring. <laughs> what? I didn't say it in any way. I just said it. Why? Why is? Why are we talking about the rites of spring? Well, because so we're trying. Much. No, no. Like, so moving from there. So you you leave the rites of spring and then you introduce this to other partners or how does this work? Yeah, I um. Then I moved on to, I moved to Seattle for a while, and I found a club called the Wet Spots. Of course. You know who they are. They've changed yes. their name. They're like the uh, Center for Sexual Exploration, or something like that. And yeah, when that was, that had been formed for like five years or something like that. And they're very, very like careful, thoughtful, you know, um, not protocol driven, but they you have to go through an orientation before you can belong to it. So I don't know. I think that generally I was just drawn to underground sorts of like strange things and like sexuality is just a small part of that. Not well, fairly large part of that, actually. The reason why I've always heard the wet spot is so welcoming and because they ha go through these different orientation and all this stuff, there are more women yeah. who show up there who maybe wouldn't show up anywhere else because they feel more safe. Yeah. I, I found that at the wet spot, the polyamory community was like the majority of the people who were there um, rather than kinky. Like oh, really? I was lucky enough to meet, I met a couple who were into collecting um, antique doctor's equipment and they would do all kinds of cool stuff with that. And they had all kinds of rooms for like, you know, water sports and they had like a huge rack with all these toys and things like that. Um, <clears throat> they had a room for water sports. They had an entire, yeah, like they had a medical room that was also used for water sports because it, it had like a drain in the ground or something like oh, that. Okay. So, yeah. I always imagine just a room for water sports. They <laughs> called it a shower. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, isn't that what that's called? Wow, yeah, that's that's a great idea, but... No? No I guess shower I'm not, I'm that well I recall. Enough. No, and I think that they did have a shower. Maybe I'm conflating the two. It's, it was like 11 years ago. So there, I, there was a doctor. There was like a medical room. Then there was a separate shower room. But you said yeah. it was mostly poly people and not so much kink. Yeah. So how did? Yeah, that was my experience. And what did you? What kind of? How long were you in Seattle? Uh, three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. You were there for work or for school or? For work, for work. Yeah, yeah. And I, went, I worked there. And. Uh, was most of your time just kind of hanging on with the poly people, doing some of the? I did a little bit, but I found it. I found a lot of them to be a little over eager. I don't know. I was like, I was still like in my early twenties. I was like twenty one, twenty two. So 
I don't know. It kind of put me off a little bit. It made me a little... There was a little the idea there was of fresh meat, like fresh the meat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It felt oh, a little predatory. wanted so much. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they know for me. We, submit, we submissive guys know exactly what you're talking about. Um, no, and, but in all seriousness, that's not to be joked about. There's a lot of, I've, I have met a lot of women who've actually been sort of victimized because of that whole mentality, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's not fun, you know. What is... Uh, no, I mean, like, but then you're, you're right. Like, you can't complain about that too much because you, you are getting, like, a certain amount of interaction. You, I, I mean, some people go and they never, nobody ever talks to them at all. I mean, that must feel isolating. Right. But at the same time, you know. Uh, May, would you rather be isolated or would you rather be annoyed? I don't know. Well, we see, the thing is you can always leave if you're, you know, Anno- if yeah, you're yeah. being annoyed, you can always yeah. leave. Um, I don't know. Then, you can't leave if you're isolated? If you're isolated, you can go home and, be, and you're still isolated. <laughs> you go home and masturbate you can, in your you, isolation. And, and, still, and still in isolation. There's no difference in your, your status, right? But so right. through this whole point, you're, kind of, you're surrounded by um, the kind of hedonistic people in, near Boston. Then you go to Seattle and you're on all these poly people. Some of them have a medical fetish. At yeah. any point here, did you identify, oh, I'm... I'm one way or the other, or are you just, hey, I'm just having fun? Did you actually... Um, I, yeah, I just did whatever, actually. I was experimenting. Yeah. I never identified myself as a kinky person. I don't know if you could do that. I don't know if I even knew that that existed back then. That it was just, like, stuff that I had done, and I never thought about, you know... God, I need to do it again. Like I wanted, I wanted to, and I, my future like vision of myself is that I would be doing that clearly because I wanted to, you know, do it professionally. But I, I, I don't know. It was just never something I really thought too much about. But that seems like the best case scenario. If you're going to be engaging in kinky activities, yeah. it's almost better. If it's not something you need and have yeah. this huge, yeah, that, that's gonna. I mean, in some now s- I feel like it's something that I need though. Oh really? Now I feel if I go like a week or two without it, I'm like, God, I need to like stick something in somebody's ass or you know. Now it's something more. Why is that? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I evolved. I don't know. So <clears> at <throat> what point do you decide? Okay, I'm gonna do this professionally. Um. When I lived in Boston, yeah. Which is and a really difficult to place to, to start doing it. I it? didn't start doing it there. Actually, I came here and started doing it. I had I got a small like inheritance from an aunt I hardly knew. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to New York. Wow. And I came here and I just sort of like did it. And one and of it the, happened. One of the, it was like Brewster's Millions. She said, I'll give you all of it, but you must become a professional <laughs> <Yes>. dominatrix. <laughs> Yes, my wacky aunt is making me be a pro dom. I can't help myself. For her, and and so you teamed up with Jim Jim Carrey or I'm sorry, John Candy. John Candy, yes, yes, yes. And and then yeah, there were dollars flying to grab the dollars in the air. Right. No, so and to go on a road trip. Right. No, so 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 you moved to New York because you wanted to be. Uh, professional? Um, Is that what happened? or you just... No, I just felt like very drawn to here. Like I grew up um, in upstate New York. I felt, I don't know. I was just kind of trying to figure stuff out and I just liked it here. I think there's a lot of people who are just sort of drawn to New York. Yeah. It's just, there's, there's something that, there's a pull. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the energy, especially living in Boston for so long. Boston is very traditional and very... There's not a whole lot of dynamism going... Like, there's not a whole lot of energy or inspiration. I don't feel like it. It's very transient because there are a lot of schools. And then there are people who live there their entire lives and don't really leave New England. So those are two extremes that I sort of found myself in the middle of. And there weren't very many people who, like, sort of lived in that. So... And when I came here, people were just all over the place and doing whatever. and. I found that very um, comforting in a way. Yeah. And I think also there's something about New York is also a much more compressed area, especially like when you're in Manhattan or, or some areas of Brooklyn. Yeah. It's much more compressed. And that almost, that compression sort of makes you 
express yourself in non-material ways, I guess you could say. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Um, uh, Unless you can buy half of a a building. Yeah, yeah. The only outlet is something that's expressive, usually. Right, right. Artwork or The less you have, the harder things are for you, then the more you're going to, like, do more with what you have, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Do you remember, like... uh, what your first exposure to the kink scene, if any, was here? Or um, you... Smack. Sure. You remember Smack yeah. parties? And there wasn't very much going on, like, in terms of kink with those parties, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it was my... more of a goth party at that time. And then, like, I met... Like, there were a few flogging enthusiasts, out, like Mike B and Powder and stuff like that, and they they would have, like, a small little space on the floor, but then it was mostly sort of, like people parading around in costumes which didn't really appeal to me all that much so i didn't really go to a whole lot of them i have to say uh i know some people when they when they start as a pro they feel necessary to feel the need to make a a distinct persona that's different from their own yes uh and i can perfectly understand that right yeah the guy with the fake name right yeah but and there's well, a, that's not necessarily a distinct persona if you have a separate name. But. Well, no, no, I, you're right. But I'm just saying that uh, they, they feel a need to make a distinct persona because it's easier for them to get into character. It's also easier for them to sort of separate themselves from work and kind of sh- yeah. have a part of them that they shut, they shut themselves yeah. off with. I don't get that vibe that you, maybe you did when you first started out or something, but I don't get the vibe that you do right now. I think that it's common for people to do that when you first start out, especially like if doming isn't something that you've done a whole lot of in your past experience. And and that's what people tell you to do too. There's a certain, there are certain rules that people have that, you know, they're like, you should follow these rules and don't deviate from them or else you're going to get confused or you're going to go... Do something you don't want to do or something like that. So, Sort of like training wheels? It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. And then I feel like some, some people um, find that, okay, what they're doing they like and there's like no shame involved and you want to like, you know, you're very interested by the psychology of a lot of the things that you do and see and like other people are repulsed by it. So maybe they need the persona to like build a wall between themselves and like what the other person is doing and when they're trying to make I don't know uh, I don't that, it, that seems very like simplistic and even condescending I don't no, because I don't I think, mean to assume that I think that everyone has different reasons anyone. of why it would work for them right I mean yeah. just like anyone else would have different reasons why they would enjoy caning or yeah. enjoy any activity yeah um, because I like I have uh, friends who are not pros who also when they were first starting, they would have a certain persona for one yeah. of two reasons, usually is most popular. Number one, it's because that's what they see in the movies, right? Right, And that's yeah. because that, that's when they think, oh, that's what's expected, right? Um, yeah. And so they do this, but also because it is, the second reason is because, especially if you're first starting out doming someone, whether it's a guy or a girl, whatever, topping, we can call it topping, when yeah. you first start out, Sometimes it's hard to, even though it maybe turns you on to do some activities, you need yeah. a motivation to do it, right? And so um, I, I have a friend who is doing has been doing this in her personal life only, and she said at the very beginning, right. she had to do that because she couldn't use just the fact that she wanted to as enough motivation. Yeah. Because she'd feel bad about herself, Yeah. Right? So she would think, well, if I make this persona as a cold bitch well then of course i'm beating this person up because i'm a cold bitch that's what a cold bitch would do right right do you need like a certain dynamic to be in place in order to give the person the punishment that you feel is justified by whatever happened right yeah or or the fact there is no reason there is no justified reason other than the fact that she wants to right but did you did you feel the same thing and yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely felt like there was a persona that, like a, a stereotype that you had to adhere to um, in order to be successful. And I certainly, I certainly did that. I didn't know anybody who didn't do that, although my experience was very limited. And um, yeah, it's not until later on where I was like, you know what, I'm, I, I can't not be who I am. Like, this is too much of an intimate Thing for me to be doing with somebody to pretend like oh blah 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 because you have to make up 
dialogue in your head if you're going to separate yourself like that. But if you just are like, this is what's happening because... What do you mean the makeup dialogue? I mean, you had to... I feel like, yeah, I feel like if you really separate... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like if you really do that, like, ego separation or whatever, um, you have lines that you... You're acting. Say, you're acting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Instead of really getting into somebody's head and asking them questions and having like a more organic like response and like digging kind of thing going on, you have like a, you doing this because of this and blah, blah, blah. And you expect the response of them always to be like sort of like, you know, uh, cowering stupid phony thing as well like they're doing a phony thing too so well do do you did you find it sort of as sort of a a jarring to the people who you were playing with because they were expecting this certain persona and then it was you instead of the real you instead of this persona um i don't know i think at that point i no. i think that people really really are desirous of person a real personal experience like yeah. at no point was anybody like why aren't you saying what i expect you to say or saying some like you know wooden thing right. no people very much even like clients who go to houses clearly like everybody wants a real like intimate personal experience they want to feel something uh sincere they want, there's a sincerity that i think is you know better than any Clearly better than any line any you could role, throw any, anybody. Right. Yeah. Than any phoniness or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I've, I've talked to people who still do... They still have a persona. And it's because... Yeah. The reason why they, they do it is because they, they like... They've considered just a long-form role-play sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I suppose I can, I can understand that and I can appreciate that, I guess, too. But... Um, I'm not saying that I don't ever role play. I love to role play. Right. But like we both, me and the client both know that we're role playing. Like right. we're playing, you know, James Bond and Catwoman or, you know, like right. we're playing, but like I don't ever want to project that I'm anything that I am not or, right. or like, because that's unenjoyable for me when it comes down to it. So you've never had the problem that some people experience and that is, and there are people who uh, do this non-professionally who need to have some sort of separation between the activity and, you know, they segregate it from their lives. Yeah. Um, where, whether it's cross-dressing or service or there's something where the, the activity must be completely different from the rest of their lives so they have to take on a different persona or they have to do something that keeps it away from their day-to-day life. Hmm. You, you, the, you, you, you didn't have a problem with that at all, with, with merging the two, or it was just... It was part of your life the whole time. No, yeah. I mean, I don't... I know when the transition happened, but I can't say that it felt... <coughs> that it felt unnatural or, like, that I felt, oh, my God, now I'm not going to compartmentalize anymore. Holy right. shit, you know, like... No, it was very, like, this is what I should be... Do- Holy shit, it was like... How did that happen? I, a, a, I don't know. I just... I was, like, just so tired of... I, I just... I knew that, I think it happened like over a really long stretch. I couldn't say like there was a day when I wanted to do that. But, you know, the clients who I would see even at the at a house, you know, who I had like a very intimate, not intimate, but, you know, a more sincere interaction with were clearly the people who I enjoyed more. So um, I was like, that's what, that's where it's at. That's where I want to be. And I just, after a period of time, like I couldn't do the compartmentalization anymore. I'm wondering if, if your experience is similar, because someone else I know who did the same thing, they just sort of slowly transformed into themselves, I guess you could say. Yeah. What was happening is, is she had uh, a play partner in her personal life and she was finding that it was it was very different from the play that she was experiencing when she was at work. And so, in fact, it was, it was actually really enjoyable for her as opposed to when she wasn't enjoying it as much when she, when she was dealing with a client. Um, was that something or was it just maybe? Um, no, actually didn't have anybody to play with for a long time while I was, I didn't, I didn't have like a, 
like a boyfriend or girlfriend any, or anything for a long time. So I wasn't, I was, I was playing, it was just purely with clients where I would be like, huh, when I play with this person and we have a conversation and, you know, he trusts me. I think a really important element is trust, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people, there were people who trusted me and then there were people who came in and would say, I need this and then I need that and that and then this needs to come after this. But then if this is too much, then I'm going to freak out. And yeah. like... Yeah, and then it's not about your experience, the interaction anymore. Then it becomes about just what's physically happening to you yeah. or psychologically what you are expecting to happen. And it should never... That sort of play is just so anxiety-ridden and yeah. just so unenjoyable that... I don't know. If you trust the person and if you uh, are sincere with them, I feel like things happen more naturally and you can... Have a real enjoyable experience. You mentioned that, any of them. that you know now you're at a point where if you don't experience something after a week or something like that, that you, you yeah. start to crave it. And is yeah. there are there certain um, how do I phrase this? Are there certain activities that you crave more than others at different times? Like I'll, I'll, I, I've heard it. I've heard it similar to like in the winter. Um, more, you know, a friend of mine will crave hot chocolate, but she won't crave it at all during the summer. And the same thing goes with play. Like, play, like she really wants to cane people in when it's colder yeah. or it's raining. Have you noticed something similar to that? Um, I haven't noticed a seasonal thing, but yeah, like I'll really, really want to do a lot of corporal to somebody. Um, yeah, and I have one person who can take a lot of whipping and whenever, like I, I notice when I haven't seen him for a long time and I'll be like, oh, oh my God. And um is it the same for strap-on play? Although I get a fair amount. I do a fair of that amount of that in my personal life. And a fair amount of... Cor if I wanted to do corporal a lot more in my personal life, I'm sure I could. But I don't know. It's just this particular person who can really take a lot. I miss. I miss him. You know, there's certain people I miss. And it's not just because of the physical activity either. Right. It's because of the interaction. Of course, of course. So let's talk about, we actually had someone who, uh, I've had some Twitter, oh wow, several tweet questions. Wow, and some, wow, okay. Uh, first one, uh, a question about zombies. Someone wants me <laughs> to ask you a question about zombies. <laughs> See, and here, That's so funny. And here I was going to ask you a question. I thought, I thought you were going to get a big laugh if I was going to ask about Gern Blanston. No, it turns no, out I'm zombies. Sorry, I didn't. No, I'm no. I started laughing like halfway in the middle of like I had to explain to her my Gern Blanston thing how this has been in your head for weeks tormenting now. me for about a week and stuff like that. But I'm sorry. So what about what is it about zombies that would make you laugh so much? Oh why? Oh i because I don't know. I just I really like I I write about them at length on Max Fish and like Max I'm, Fish for those people who I don't know really, most people don't know yeah. them. It's it's a it's a message board uh, yeah. in, about the New York. Pro scene. Well, I think it, it's international, right? It? Oh, but yeah, most okay. of the most people are on there who are, are like from Chicago or New York. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But but you write about zombies. You can't. Yeah, just, whenever. Well, can't, no, not randomly. Like that and just say, oh, I write about zombies sometimes. <laughs> that, that does nothing. But you I have, have a casual interest in zombies. No, there are some zombie shows and zombie movies, and I get into. I like to get into debates with people about not debates, but talk to people about. Show the media, media representations of zombies, and you think the zombies like get a that. bad rap? Is that what you're trying to say? No, well, kind of. I do. I don't want to get too into it. Now I'm going to sound can't. like a huge fucking like nerd. No, I always sound like a nerd. No, please. This is a. I always do. This that. is a podcast. Half the people just listening are already <laughs> nerds. Well, okay. So like, there's this whole zombie fad, but I've always been into zombies since I was like. A teenager or whatever. So you're a, you're a so, hipster like, zombie there's a, I am. Like, there are zombie posers out there like who are just getting on the zombie bandwagon and it really pisses me off. So like, I go off about that like constantly. <laughs> so you hate, you hate the zombie come lately? I do. What? The zombie fadsters. Right. I hate that. So. Crap. But you, so you're not vampire? <laughs> no, I don't like, I don't, not, not interested in. Like, You're I can't not... help what I'm attracted to, you know? Like, right. I like zombies. But what is it about zombies that that make you, first off, angry when other people are, like, really into zombie movies? And 
No, actually, actually, it doesn't make me angry because it's created like all of the zombie media that I very much enjoy, like Walking Dead comic book and the the television series. I very much enjoyed that. Sure. Um, Twenty Eight Days Later, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, like all of that stuff, I think is really great. So I'm very grateful that there's been a resurgence of zombie fetishism or whatever. Sure. Um, but it's kind of annoying in the same vein too. Like, don't you like, don't you like something from your childhood or from your teenager that's become popular again? And like suddenly everybody likes, it's like an explosion of like, and it's kind of annoying, but it's kind of cool because there's like, I think you maybe feel the same way, the same way where I feel about sometimes you'll see a pop singer or something like that. will sing about BDSM or something like that. When you know, they're just doing it because they want to be out there. They want to be kinky. Yeah. That's the same for you and and zombies um yeah well like i can't assess who's into it because of like out of a faddish sense of like just wanting to jump on a zombie bandwagon right. but you know there's a lot of bullshit media that's come out of it there's a lot of like you know i'm sorry the sentence or pride and prejudice and zombies i think that that's really dumb you right. know there's a lot of dumb shit that's come out that but people just like it because it's zombies, and you're supposed to like zombies now or something, right? I don't know. Do you? How do you spot someone who is a zombie fadster <laughs> and someone who is genuinely a zombie? You, do you ask yourself? them if they've seen the Romero films. And if somebody's never seen the Romero films, then... Is this a documentary no. or what no? Is the it? the Romero films are like the the actual. Are you, are you pretending not to know what these I don't, are? I don't. I don't. I'm. You know. Okay. Can I? Tell I'm you sensing that you're trying not to laugh. I am trying not to. Are laugh. Are you thinking about the Dirk Blork? Yeah. I am. Uh, no. I'm because it sounds like something a zombie would say. <laughs> no, I don't know the Romero no. films. And here's why: I've never been able I'm to. Leaving. No, no, I've been scared. I've been. I can't watch horror films ever since I was a little kid. I cannot watch anything really gory. Oh yeah. Ask Sod. Like, if there's a scene that, that's coming up that's really gory, she'll say, "Okay, you're gonna want to look away." And so I will look away. I can't. I cannot watch gore uh, films like that. And some zombie movies. I'm a huge gore like zombie yeah. mysticism. Right. Like, magic and fake realities and i love all this stuff and he'll download the movies for me but i don't have anybody to watch them with because if i start watching them at night when he's home then he's sitting there on the couch like playing his phone <laughs> just desperately trying not to watch the show or look right. up the whole time i can't i can't watch it and you're because pussy i can't watch it with him and like get scared and excited at the same time and be like oh my god look at that guy's head just exploded that's so cool yeah, yeah. so you're, yeah, I, I thought it was because I'm very. My reasoning was that I'm a very empathetic person, and I don't like to see others in pain, and it's all like that. But you had you just said I, I said. was a pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. You are what you eat, so. <laughs> but no, I, I just. I'm feeling you've heard that before. Uh, I think it was a Carlin line. <laughs> anyway, the the thing is, is that with the zombies or, or with all of it uh i can like what what was the 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 new tv show walking dead i can dead. watch walking dead i can watch that it's, it's really not gory. gory it's not not as gory as some for of for a television other. show yeah i guess not compared the, to a movie it's what are the romero films uh the romero films are dawn of the dead day okay. of the dead and night of the living dead night of the living dead being the original made in like i think the late 60s early okay. 70s I've seen all these a hundred times, but didn't know the guy's name. So what does that make me? Oh, I don't. Well, if you've seen them, then clearly you but, you're not just like a zombie. Like I guess I'm a fan of zombies, and I don't really care who makes it as long as it's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As with all fetishes, though. As with all. <laughs> That's not like arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> According to your standard, Veronica. <laughs> as with all fetishes, there are different niches, right? There yeah. are some people who. Um, you know, as you know, there are people who might have a foot fetish, but it has to be a very specific type of foot, or they might have a, you know, a fetish for caning, but it has to be a certain kind of cane or whatever. Yeah. Are there certain kinds of zombies? Like, for example, if they make... Yes! Aha! I knew it! (laughs) So, for example, uh, you... 
Fast-moving zombies are no-go? So scary. No, they are the scariest. When they came well, out, I was blown away. But Even though, like, those are the secondary kind of zombies. It's not a traditional zombie. I'm not a zombie traditionalist. You're not a purist. I'm not a purist. Not, no, 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 no. You're not a zombieist. No. But I am a zombieist, but just not... I'm not... Yeah. But you're, you're old, the... you're, you love all kinds of zombies, whether they're fast-moving or slow-moving. Um, I find more some zombies more scary than others, and I know that there's a lot of debate going on between slow versus fast moving versus. But why? Ones that a, just eat brains, or why zombies you know. and why not vampires and why not werewolves and why not uh, wakalars? I don't know. I thought about this, and you know what? Vampires don't. What is a wakalar? Am I supposed, is that like some Star Trek thing? No, it's actually uh, a, a Harvey Corman movie, Tim Conway. Tim so Conway, Conway yeah. and, and, and Corman had this, there was this really funny horror film that they were in, in which they kept referring to the Wookalar throughout the entire thing, and, and Corman kept saying to Tim Conway, oh, there is no such thing as a Wookalar or whatever like that, and then at the very end, the Wookalar jumps out of the back of the car. Anyway, why not vampires why not i think because it's more and hear me out it's more realistic because when you put it in the context of it being like um a contagious thing like a disease of some sort and the ubiquity of uh, like everybody being able to catch it um that's much more scary to me for some reason than like a vampire walking into my bedroom like how many vampires could there possibly be like they're hidden away they're like also it's fucking it, each other i don't know what they're doing it like zombies are just want to kill things very telling though it might be very telling that you pick the least sexy of the whole yes <laughs> nobody yeah. there's no i mean i'm sure why me, I'm do sure you need all a, those bells and whistles if something is scary it's scary like i don't need there to be sex involved no, but that's 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 part of the appeal of like the werewolf and the vampire is that there's there's sex going there's there's something of course blatantly sexual about the vampire right, but the 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 zombie just wants brains right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Also it's like a horde. Kill. Yeah, they're hard to kill. They're but like you know, I think, it's like I think a horde mentality. Kill. Like if you watch yeah, the. You can only like cut off their head. That's it. No, you can if you take a shotgun after them and you pump pump enough shotgun sh shells into them. They're gone, right? No, not no. necessarily. You have to cut off the head? Is that the you have to shoot them in... The well, in most of the zombie lore, you have to shoot them in the brain with like the more of the contagion films, like 28 Days Later. Like All you have to do is shoot them because they're just infected. Right. <clears throat> but those aren't... It, di it differs. Right. I can't, I can't tell you a reason. I just know that when I was a kid, that's what... That particular kind of monster resonated with my subconscious. And, and you're still instead of being afraid of it now, I'm I love it. Right. Like I love it to be I love for that feeling to be created of being scared, like you were saying before, like of you know it's very similar to S and M actually. You know, the, the slow I've always felt maybe least scared of zombies because they are most of the time they're slow walking. And, you know, they're yeah. easy to Easy to dupe, sort of. Yeah, but if they're fast, then that's super scary. But that's the, if they're fast, if they're fast, they're then... They're huge groups. Like, it would change the entire, like, infrastructure of the entire city. Like, imagine if most people weren't infected with some disease like right. that. Have you, you've never seen any zombie movies, have you? Uh, I always change the channel. Oh, okay, well, well, yeah. Give me, give me a... What's a it's what's like a, a survivalist scenario. Right, all right. You have sex to procreate the non-diseased species. I saw so that. That's where the sex comes in, is because you need more healthy people to repopulate after all the zombies starve to death. Yes, but the yes. problem is, is if, you ha yeah. if you have... The problem is, is then women are pregnant, and then that slows them down. <laughs> so the most... And they're the most important. Women are the most important. I love important. how we're all talking about whether and when it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> that's we're inevitably our what own happens. Right here. Yeah, that's what, what inevitably happens when you talk to, start talking about zombies because it's so applicable to any natural disaster that might happen. You know, like with the hurricane, people are like freaking out about that. Like that would destroy the infrastructure and there would be no water or like whatever. This so also like might be, you know, I'm no psychologist. So I've taken a few psychology classes. Maybe she can tell us about this. It might say something to you, uh, say something about your persona, about your psyche, 
that you also picked the creature that is most easily identifiable. Hmm. Werewolf is sometimes a regular person. Vampire, sometimes just a dude walking around at night, right? Doesn't always have the fangs showing. Zombies, you always can tell the zombies, right? It's not that you don't turn into a zombie overnight or something yeah. like that. Another, another tweet, uh, I love the kingpin and would like to hear about her <laughs> gang and her thoughts. Oh, oh, wait, wait, well, this is a two-parter. What's the kingpin? The kingpin is my character in the Violent Femmes. So this is a, this is a group you and several other yeah your friends have have created the Violent Femmes. Yeah, we just we creep around the city and we just we find men who we think look s- silly in some way or weak, and then we take them in an alleyway and we beat the crap out of them. We so this is leave almost, them in place. This is a fictionalized, <laughs> we assume, fictionalized caricature of a gang of women. Yeah, yeah. The kingpin is like. The gangster, like Lucky Luciano, kind of. This is your persona. That's my persona. And then uh, Mistress Alex is in, the, is, is in it as well. Yeah. And, and she's, she's psycho bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Winter is Knuckles. Right. She's a boxer. Okay. Um, Miss Reagan is um, the knife. She's like which the is, assassin. Type yeah, of thing? she's like nobody knows who she is. Okay. And um, Miss Trish is Scorpion. She's a, a jewel thief. <laughs> so, like you said, it's like the Justice League of. It's like the Justice the, League of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but what do you guys do? We. Um, I know there's we, a party. We I've do. Heard of we parties. we do a party, and um, we we have a list of people who um, are attackees who we interview extensively beforehand, um, who we play with uh, for a certain amount of time, like. Um, seemingly like chaotically, but really it's like pretty controlled. So it's almost like an abduction type of thing, Yeah, only right? you show up willingly to your own abduction. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but still, it's, it's sort of, so it's, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we have those people, and then we have people who just come in and like want to watch what's happening. So if you want to watch somebody get beat up, if you're too... You know, it's mainly for submissive men who, you know, there are a lot of parties out there where mostly it's too much of that going on. When I go to a party, it's all men beating on women and stuff like that. I think that. you're only going to like one party in particular and that probably happens. Yeah. No, no, no. Two, like two or three parties. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, like I feel like these... that's the majority. That's not the reason why we have the party. Right. I mean, clearly we just wanted to create the group and then have a way for us all to play together. But, um... People who want to only be in like a female topping environment, um, that's who would come and be an observer. And then the people who want to be attackees have to, a week or two beforehand, have an interview and like go through. What kind of questions do you ask in an interview like that? I mean, Um, I ask what their interests, experience, um, their references. I, I, I meet with each and every person if we haven't played with them before. We've had a lot of people, like a lot of repeat attackees, but um, I sit down and I have lunch with them and talk with them for like an hour about, not everybody gets an hour, mind you, but like, Some you know, you can't, right now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah, but no, I, like I sit down and I talk with them and talk about like um, any, you know what you would normally do before you session with somebody for the first time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so it's almost like it's is it like you were saying the the end scene is like an interrogation type of thing, and then is that what it is? It's or um, well, they show up. We tell them what time to show up, um, and we give them name tags um, so that. In case somebody doesn't recognize one of the attackees, they know. And then we, it's like kind of complicated. We assign a point person to an attackee, and then they are responsible for knowing all of their limits and oh, everything wow. like extensively. Sure. And then they get attacked by like three people at once. So the other people follow the lead of the person who's the point person. This is getting really convoluted. No, but no, it sounds like really like, well planned out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We try yeah. to plan out as well as possible, and we try to have a theme and like I don't know. I remember when like this when, when when Alex said she was first doing this, and uh, she said, "Oh, you got to check out the website." And I checked out the site. I'm like, "Wow, that's really it's a really an elaborate website. It looks really cool." But I, I had no idea. I'm like, "Is this a band?" I didn't know, I know. what this was. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just wanted it to be like like if you didn't get it, like if somebody read it and they didn't know that you know 
we were going to be beating you up or like there was some sort of sadomasochistic thing going on, then, you know, don't bother to come. Right, right. If you're like really new, like we don't want anybody who's super green because anybody who's super green is not going to be ready for our, like a group scenario. Well, how does a Especially group, in front of a bunch of other people. How does a group scenario, when you're like playing as a group, how does that differ from a one-on-one? I mean, is it just... I think like the intensity is a lot more. It's a lot more intimidating. Um, our energy builds off of each other. Um, uh, I think that if you're not like super, super needing or wanting this thing, then having a lot of people around you might be, could be a little bit too much. Maybe, maybe I'm making an assumption that is not, like, it's it, not like maybe you're making an overgeneralization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There always yeah, got to yeah. be safe and sorry. But I, I've, I've talked to, uh, I know a number of people who, when they talk about co-topping, they talk about it almost as though you're matching like a wine with a meal, where you can co-top with two different people. With, with you know, two people can be co-topping someone, and if there's not a certain dynamic there, it can be a horrible experience for all three. But if you change one of those elements, it sometimes it can be perfect. Is that why you guys kind of formed this super group? <laughs> You're like the traveling willowberries of... I like to think of that we're like the kiss. Well, but see, the, the traveling willowberries were all these superstars, right? There are the superstars in one. But at the same time, oh, traveling willowberries, okay. unfortunately, this is why it's a bad analogy, traveling willowberries, world's ugliest band. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and because it was Dylan, like, toward, you know, and it was Roy Jeff Orbison. Jeff Beck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Petty. Ugh. But, yeah, well, Gross. yeah. Wow. God. Um, but you guys <laughs> obviously co-top fairly well together, so you guys Yeah, we're to... very used to playing with each other. We like each other. Um, thank God everybody is willing to do this just because they like it and we're not making a whole lot of money. Um, and everybody just like really likes their character and likes to be in a girl gang. We just right. like the concept of it. So it's just, I know, <laughs> I know. I just, I just imagine <laughs> the, the so greases, menacing. the jets. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. <laughs> We're going to race you for pink strips. Pink strips, pink slips. There we go. Uh, yeah. But it sounds like you guys are doing it mostly for, for fun. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, um, all right, well, well, I'll have the link on the website for that as well. Though. Oh, thank you. Um, That's cool. Uh, another couple of questions here. Your thoughts on Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> I like Sherlock Holmes a whole lot. I okay, really well, like it. Sherlock Holmes. He's a super... No, he, he was a very, you know, sexist guy. He wasn't, like, a nice guy, but I really like the stories he's in. I assume They're you've seen the new BBC awesome. series. Oh my god! Yes, Sherlock! Yes, yes, yes! Yeah, I love it. No, lot. I'm talking about I the BBC. You just recently came out with Yeah, the, the, the show. Yeah, no, yeah. I know you knew. Oh. You just, your reaction was so... <laughs> oh my god, yes! No, no, they, they, they just came out. They just did it. No, you don't understand. They just no. came out with the guy from The Office playing... <laughs> Um, I have no idea what you're saying. Right. No, uh, and they're making new ones now. I know. know right? It's very exciting. Now, so how, what, is your th- what are your thoughts on the Robert Downey Jr. version of Sherlock? Um, they want... I think that they their hearts were in the right place. Like, um, what's his name? Richie? Guy Richie. Guy Richie. He clearly wanted to take the characters and do something strange with them because it has the skeleton of a Sherlock Holmes story but it doesn't have like the intrigue or like the plot development that a normal Sherlock Holmes story would have it's like a lot of explosions it's like connecting you know this underground um cabal with that underground and and it was so convoluted and so um disorganized but they the characters to go out of were great way to make it make it a little a little more supernaturally for some reason yeah for, for who knows what reason it didn't need that it, it all it needed was like a good story and he had so much material to work with like he could have taken like the sherlock bbc series right. he's taken a whole bunch of different stories and done wonderfully with it the but cool thing about the sherlock Holmes is uh, the when i heard about modern day sherlock well that's i thought of course house is the first thing i thought but yeah I thought, oh, I don't think they'd be able to do that. And then Saad and I saw him, we were like, holy crap balls. Holy crap balls. <laughs> I know. And we, we, watched, we watched like both. You guys love once. him too. Oh, yeah, huge. 
But uh, I have to say, the the new the next movie is going to be good for. It doesn't matter what the next movie is because Stephen Fry's in it. You know it's yeah. going to be. Incredible. Oh yeah. Uh, Forms. Are you familiar with Form Spring? Yes. Yes. I so am. I've got a couple. I'm not like, on I've, it, but I have yeah. quite a few Form Spring questions that I've I've answered in the past, but I'm, I'm now starting to ask two more additional because they're confusing to me because they're not actually questions. They're one word questions. One word. Oh jeez. That they've asked. And I think these might be some of these guys who are starers who just don't know. Um, but I don't know. Maybe these are people who think these are honest questions. Um, one is tickling. That's a question mark afterward. Um, I like tickling. Receiving end? Giving end? Giving. 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 Yeah. Oh, God. It's really painful. to. Have you ever like been tickled to the point like where it was painful? Yeah, well, I will, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, any tickling is where it's painful, really, for me. But, <laughs> there was one time, I think, there was one thing I, I think, you think, so had me tied up, and, and I think, I can't remember what happened. I think I got, got like, rope burned so bad from moving or something. I can't remember what happened. Um, it's very tickling. Right. That's awesome. Um, the other question, then I mean, there's no question mark afterwards. There's just one word, no, no period, no anything. Enema. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I believe it is a sack filled with water with a flanged thing on the end of it, so you can or a bulb. It could clean be a bulb. your bulb. Yeah, a bulb that you we have the stick bulb. up. It's easily. It's maybe. I mean, it's easy to Google that. It's you can look up the definition. It could be, yeah. That question, by the way, There's asked a... by Gern Blanston. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, as you know. Um, uh, all right. Well, thank you. So this was a lot Hi, of fun. Thank you. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was really great. Were you? Were you? Did you think it was going to be something else? No, I thought we'd be talking for a long time. I, I thought that it would be yeah, a really we, long. We for, I don't like, know. I wasn't sure if it was going to be fun, but right. But what, <laughs> it, it's, it, did you have? You didn't have any preconceived notions. This huge immaculate studio that we're recording in. <laughs> yes, I was very intimidated. Right. Okay. I felt very ill at ease the whole time. Well, I'm not sure if I told the truth about anything, but you know, hopefully right. you got something you can use out of it. I'm sure, but I'm, 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 I'm hopefully, hopefully we will be willing to come back and do it again. We can maybe we'll have more questions about zombies and Stephen Fry. Well, that's. What about zombie porn? What do you think of zombie porn? Have you seen zombie porn? There's a lot of zombie I porn. I don't think that I've seen any zombie porn. Oh, there's so much zombie porn. Is there, there is. There's. I've, I've oh. seen. I've seen like. I remember seeing like, a trailer for Return one. of the Living Dead. Like all of those kind of Just, like. Porn stars Sequels? dressed up in zombie and they're fucking up. Yeah. Ow. Like, do, do their penises break off and stuff like that, or? No, it's usually female zombies. From what I've seen, I don't. I haven't seen a lot of zombie porn. Yeah, because, because they're not male very, zombies would be weird. They're not very good at playing zombies. They're porn actors, you know. It's, and you can already tell they're faking. Oh, so, so instead of they, brains, they're saying like cock. Jizz, cock. <laughs> <you know? laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah there's like it. lots of fake blood and makeup and it's just like uh faux necrophiliac porn and zombie oh porn my god like yeah that. there's so much fodder for necrophiliacs yeah oh the, wow this one in particular <laughs> that i saw was uh, just no, like I, all these zombie women that were kept in freezers and then guys would come necrophiliacs would come and they would like fish them out like their favorite one their the freshest one or whatever depending on what they were into and they would just bring out this zombie and they'd strap her down and like put a muzzle on her or something so that she couldn't infect huh. them and then they'd fuck the zombie. I you know what? I think that zombies are very sexual actually. A lot of the time like they're half dressed in rags and they're and they like they want to consume you. Yeah, yeah. They want to they want to ingest eat. Uh, I never thought I'd hear someone, much less with a smile on her face, say, oh, that's so much fodder for necrophiliacs. <laughs> well, there you it have totally it. is. Well, I was going to invite you back to do it again sometime, but I think there might be some investigation. <laughs> they might be checking for bodies in your closet or in your freezer or something like that. So. Awesome. Thanks again to Mistress Veronica and uh, all of her contact information again is on website massacast.com also the uh, website for the violent femmes uh, I'm gonna go uh, nurse this cold a little bit more I hope you have a good couple weeks and we will talk to you later have a good one bye bye